Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the Mountain Pass Podcast. This is your host, as always, TJ Martinell, coming to you from my Fortress Americana in the heart of Cascadia. I'm not in the war room, actually. I have set up the war room, got the bookshelves up, put the books up. I'll probably be doing the recordings then in the future in that room. And it's actually that room's coming along really well. I've got the... I, I cut sanded stained the bookshelves that are going to go up around the walls i got my grandpa's world war ii stuff set up in front of my my desk i've got i'm going to be getting an electric fireplace from um, relatives who are giving it away to me that'll be in there because i always wanted a fireplace in my study so it's going to be a nice spot be a nice spot for for doing work like this but we decided to do this in the main room so it is not the war room not yet that comes later I'm actually going to do this podcast on a single topic. And out of all the things that I could talk about, it's obviously what everyone else is talking about. And that is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial outcome. I'm not going to discuss or overview, go through an overview of the entire thing because if you haven't done your research or you haven't been following it, or, like, everybody's got an opinion now. <clears throat> and people are having these takeaway thoughts on, you know, what is the moral of the story? And for some people, it is a case of where a young man went to a community that he cared about, was helping deal with the rioting, the looting, the vandalism, the graffiti, and in the process ended up having to kill or shoot three people who were trying to kill him. And then after this incredibly long trial that should have never been brought to court in the first place, he was acquitted on all counts. You know, the other moral of the story is that this is a kid who, you know, he crossed state lines. Apparently now apparently now crossing intrastate borders is suddenly a big deal. He crossed state lines. Yeah. And then there's other people who believe that he killed three people for no reason. And I'm listening to everything that's going on. And I was actually had a relative who was talking to me and said, what do you think? And I have my own opinion about obviously the court case itself, but there's, this is where there's the nuance involved and where people like me are actually thinking about this stuff and others are not because they think in terms of binaries. They think, oh, should he, was he guilty or was he not? And that's not really ever a question I was looking at. This was a question of, and we have to be very precise with what we're saying here. I'm going to be very precise. Was this something 
that he would have done if he had known what was going to happen. And what I'm not talking about having to shoot three people. I'm talking about what followed. The this this kid has gone. Let's just talk a little bit about what's happened. So yes, he's acquitted and people are talking about that great. Let's talk about what's happened. His life has been completely upended and transformed and in many cases whatever he wanted to do with his life prior to this it's over if he wanted to live a quiet life and just be a normal individual which based on what i've been seeing that's what he probably wanted to do this kid is 17 years old guys or he was at the time let we need to think about okay we're talking about these at the time when he decided to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was 17 years old. Imagine where you were at at 17 years old. Now imagine that suddenly you are now known by millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, perhaps billions of people. They know your name. They know what you look like. You are what everyone is talking about. You have no privacy anymore. You have people who openly talk about how they want to kill you, how they want you dead, how they want horrible things to happen to you. Your every single part of your life is picked apart and analyzed. Your photos of who you are and everything about you is thrown up online. You have and in, in a, incalcul a, a number of people too many to count who openly obsess about doing you violence or having horrible things happen to you. Because you are now a symbol. Whether you want it to, to be or not, you are now a symbol of something that some people love and other people hate. A symbol of something that people are willing to fight to defend and a symbol of something that people would die trying to kill. And what you become is a catalyst for something even bigger than yourself or what you're what you were doing is about. See, everyone's wanting to put uh, or I'd say the I think people are trying to subscribe greater, broader, grand more grandiose ambitions for this kid. I think that he was thinking very simplistically. I like this community and I want to go help it. I'm not I that's not a concrete opinion. It's just he's 17 years old, guys. And some would point out that if you've actually watched the videos about how he was able to remain calm under pressure and all this other stuff and imagine how you would respond. I understand that. Nobody, and I do mean nobody, 
walks away what he just went through and is going to be a normal human being. When you're in a courtroom and you're being grilled for two hours and you know that there's millions of people watching you and you've gone from being just some nobody kid living in work with the burbs, suburbs or wherever, but now you have millions of people listening to everything that you are saying. And you are potentially looking at murder charges as a 17, you know, being charged as a, he's 18 or whatever, but 18 years old, you're potentially looking at, at, at prison. You're looking at having your life destroyed because you are a symbol of something that, that millions of people in this country hate and get borderline sexual excitement at the idea of destroying. And the fact that this is, it's even worse that he has been acquitted because now he's going to be hounded. What was done to him, it was making an example out of him. This is what we do to people who resist us. This is what we do to people who exercise their right to self-defense. And my question that I would throw out there for those listening to this podcast, if Kyle could go back in time and decide not to go to Kenosha that night or to not to change something that he did so that what happened didn't happen, would he do it? Now, granted, he's probably going to get millions of dollars from all these different media outlets. He's probably going to be able to sue the president of the United States. He's probably going to never have to worry about money ever again. That one kid, uh, the Sandman kid for the, with the mega hat, the smiling kid with the, uh, the Native American with the drum and whatever, he got $250 million from CNN. $250 million. This kid, at like 17, 18 years old, has $250 million because, and not because he accomplished anything, but because CNN was stupid. Are you, do you understand where I'm getting at, dear listener? A kid is becoming well, something is, ha they are gaining things or losing things for, <clears throat> at least with the Sandman kid, he didn't, he didn't even remotely do anything that was even questionably uh, uh, criminal, but he became a multimillionaire without doing anything. Something happened to him bad and he got compensated accordingly. And when, I don't know fully the law, so don't quote me on this, but if he goes, if, if Kyle Rittenhouse goes to court and he gets a settlement of like $250 million, that money is tax-free. He is not paying the income tax. You don't pay income taxes on a settlement. He can then put that money into investments and essentially not have to ever take orders from anyone ever again. He's not going to have to go through the process of having to work for someone and earn his way up to where he's developed skills and abilities that people are willing to pay for. Because something, and people will say, well, what about 
the fact that he went there. I'm talking about the response. He's going to be able to sue because other people couldn't just shut their face because they don't understand libel and defamation of character and slander. You can say whatever you want about This is where the, the, the left is truly retarded, genuinely stupid. They think that guys like Trump and some random kid, you can say the same thing about. Whereas in the realities of the legal system, you cannot say things about a private citizen that you can say about a public figure. And because of that, because they're idiots, because they're just dumb as bricks, I, there's, no, there's no description I can give you to describe how foolish and idiotic these people, these people are. You think after the, the Sandman kid walked away with $250 million, they would just shut up. Like, you hate these people, and you just had to write a check for $250 million. I don't see how you're, har you're harming their cause. Think about it. Imagine how much it would cost or how much it would take effort to raise $250 million for a movement. You just wrote it because you couldn't shut up. So in that sense, this, kid's, this kid is, is, is being handed a silver spoon, but at a price. His mental health is probably destroyed. This kid has had to kill two people at age 17. He knows what it's like to have people try to kill him. I know of what I speak of when I say he's going to have nightmares about this for the rest of his life. And panic attacks and God forbid he sees someone with a skateboard and he has, you know, relapses or whatever you want to call it where he's just suddenly reliving that moment where someone about to was about to kill him with a skateboard. And this is what is going to be defining him for the rest of his life, potentially, unless he makes some major life changes. But he's 17 years. This is happening to him at 18 years old. Happening to him at 18 years old. He is not going to be thinking about it the way that I, as a 34-year-old, is would be going to. And on top of that, he is a cash cow for predators and grifters and shysters and charlatans. And this kid doesn't understand what's going on. You know, unless he has someone really genuinely looking out for his best interests, which I don't necessarily know is the case, he's going to have people take him for everything he's got as they milk CNN and all the other stuff. You're going to have the lawyers who are going to completely be able to just blow this kid away with their legalese and he's going to end up signing away a huge settlement instead of advocating for his own rights. He may get money from this. The lawyers are absolutely getting money. They're going to get paid. And meanwhile, he's the one who's going to be remembered. They're, you know, no one's going to remember the, the defense attorney's name or even focus on him because he's not the, the ED fixe. That's Kyle. And some, and some, I'm sure, are thinking, well, how could Kyle have possibly known that that was going to happen? And my answer to that is he wouldn't. As a 17-year-old, he would have no idea. I, however, 
in my 30s can tell you everything that's happened to him was entirely predictable on my end. If I'd had a 17-year-old son, I was discussing this with a relative, the one who asked me about it, and I said, if I had a 17-year-old son, I would sit him down and say, this is why you don't go. This is why I, <clears throat> we're not talking about rioting in your own neighborhood. We're not talking about rioting in your own city. We're talking about where he went to a place. Yes, he had family, he had friends, he had relatives who lived in Kenosha. He did not live in Kenosha. And where the rioting was occurring and all that other stuff was not occurring in their neighborhood where he had family. And I need to make, for, for anybody who might not understand what I'm saying, I am not arguing that he, had, he didn't have a moral right, a legal right, a whatever. He, it, this is not an issue of rights. This is an issue of, is it prudent? Because I, if, if I'd had a 17-year-old son that says, Dad, I want to go there and, and, and describe what he's going to do. I would say, do not go. Because if you stand up to these people, they are going to try and kill you. And if you defend yourself and you kill them, every, the entire apparatus of our current system is going to come after you. That's just what's going to happen. Unless you are on your property, we are. We need to. We need to go beyond. We need to enter the realm of reality, and not the the realm of my rights or my moral principles or whatever you want to call it. We have to step into the realm of if you do this, this will happen. If you, let's say there's a city that, that's near me where there's rioting going on and looting and they're saying, TJ, can you come and help us uh, deal with that? I would say, guys, I will come in a, um, in a certain capacity, but I'm not going to confront any rioters. I, you now, if they're attacking your home, I will come defend your home. But if they're in public spaces, destroying public property or destroying someone else's businesses, I hate to say this, it's their, it's the business's problem. If the business owner is out there defending himself and he's being physically attacked, okay, great, maybe that might be a discussion, but that's not what we're talking about. This isn't an issue of logic. This is an issue of, of for lack of a better word, optics. Another problem is that he's, you know, yes, he's Hispanic apparently, but he's white and he's carrying an AR-15. I would say to my son, son, you need to understand something. There is nothing that certain sections of our society want to brutally murder more than a young white man with a military looking weapon because you symbolize a meaningful resistance to the types of things that they want to do to us. They want to slaughter us. They want to kill us. And they can't do that because we have guns. 
And there's nothing that they hate more than a young man who is not sitting there watching video, playing video games and live streaming all day and drinking himself to death. They don't, they're not afraid of that. They're afraid of young, physically fit, young white men who are asserting themselves. So if you do that in a public space, they are going to come after you. They are going to want you dead. It's difficult to do that when you are on your own property. You know, this is, this is again, the reality of the world. If you are in an area where you're afraid of rioting and looting or Antifa showing up to your house, the setup of your property line is important. If you live in an area where the public spaces, the, 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 the distance between your house and public spaces is minimal, that's a problem because they can stand in a public space as a group. You can't touch them. But within two seconds, they can throw a Molotov cocktail at your house and set it on fire. But if your house is 100 feet away from a public space, they have to cross a significant distance to get within range of your house. And you are, again, they have to explain what they're doing 50 feet onto your property when you tell them to get off. Kyle, from what I understand, shot these guys on a public road in a town he didn't live in. Yes, he had a right to be there. I, those people are better off dead because they were scum. But <clears throat> this is going to sound a little weird. They would not have tried to kill him if he wasn't there. Now, they may have killed someone else. This And that's where we go into the whole speculation thing. But... I'm not blaming, and I'm obviously not blaming the victim, meaning Kyle, like being physically attacked or whatever, saying, again, if you go there, they are going to try and kill you. And you will have to use deadly force to protect yourself. And when you do, you're going to have prosecutors, district, district attorneys, federal prosecutors, the everything, media, everyone is gonna make you the bad guy and wanna destroy your life. Your concept of privacy will end. You'll have millions of people overcome with bloodlust at the idea of you being killed. Do you want that? Is it worth the price of what you're trying to accomplish over there? Because if it's something in your neighborhood, that's one thing. If it's outside your house, that's also something else. Because I have to emphasize, this is the point I'm trying to get. Kyle Rittenhouse did not go to Kenosha knowing that this was a likely outcome. If I was going to go do something like this, I would go knowing that this is what's probably going to happen. And so this goes to the issue that I'm trying to get at is that he shouldn't have gone because he didn't know he wasn't fully cognizant of, of the consequences and he didn't have to, this wasn't, I, <clears throat> I, I'm, I can imagine people are getting a little defensive right now, potentially. But this is just the cost, 
the potential, the likely potential consequences are so great, you have to weigh that within the balance. If, for example, his dad's house was being attacked and his dad didn't only, it was only him and maybe someone else, and they're like, hey, come and help us. And he came and he shot two people on their property. I would, that would be a completely different thing. People say, cross street lines. He was going to his dad's house, you retards. Or let's say it was his mother. You know, his mother calls him and says, son, they're trying to burn down my house, set my house on fire. He shows up and shoots three people on the property. Almost the exact same thing. It just, it's on private property, not public space where the shooting occurs. And he's going there not to protect an abstract concept of community. He's going to protect kin. Really difficult. Imagine his detractors trying to go after him for that. And as frustrating as that is, and believe me, I understand the frustration. People are like, oh, so we're just supposed to let cities burn. You know what? The people who live in those cities need to stand up for themselves. This is why if there was violence going on in Seattle, I'm not going there. If there was violence going on in a city around me, I'm sorry. That's the job of the people in that community. And if they're not willing to defend themselves, why should I stick out my neck? This isn't me not caring. This is me saying the people who live in places need to care enough to actually stand up for themselves. Now, I don't know if that was the case in Kenosha, if there was just a lack of people defending themselves, but, and I get how what happens in Kenosha affects more than just Kenosha. It affects other cities, other areas of the country, other parts of the state. I get it. I'm just saying, if you do this, this will happen. If I went to another city in my state where there's rioting, looting going on, and I have a military style looking weapon, I understand it's not an assault rifle and it is not a automatic weapon. It ha- it's the aesthetics make people think of the military. And there's a lot of people in this country who are very uncomfortable with the idea of civilians having anything military style that is just that is just the reality so this is why i almost would recommend people if you don't get semi-automatic weapons that look like they belong with a soldier get semi-automatic weapons that have cartridges that are the same caliber same magazine capacity but have a wooden stock because when people look at wooden stocks they think of hunting this is, we're not living, we're living in reality, but reality is not a world filled with rational people. If you pull out a military looking weapon in a public space, in a place where you don't live, it doesn't matter. That is going to trigger things in people and they're going to want to try and destroy you. And they say, well, Kyle survived the, he got acquitted. Great. He had to post a $2 million bond. He had to wait an entire year, not knowing whether he was going to be able to, this kid is not having a normal life. And did he know that when, did he know that that was likely to be the outcome when he went there? No, he did not. There's no way anybody could tell me that he knew this was likely going to happen. 
And this is where fathers would be wise, in my opinion, as a humble bachelor, to talk to your young, young boys and say, look, there is nothing illegal about what happened, but this is an exercise, this is a question of, of discretion. Is this the smartest thing for me to do? Now, he could, because of the things that have happened at Rittenhouse, he can, de, uh, he, he can make massive financial blows to a lot of bad people in this country. It's going to cost him his youth. It's going to cost him his energy. It's going to cost him his time. It's going to cost him things that he probably will never fully appreciate, but he is in a position as a result that no one else is, or very few people are. This was why I would tell my son, don't go. Unless it involves immediate family members on their property or property that they own or manage or rent or whatever it is, don't go. I hate to use the Godfather quote, but country ain't your blood. I have no idea whether the reason stuff is happening in one city is because the people there are too spineless. And then also the police were told to stand down and allow this stuff to happen. You know, die for a cause whose people actually aren't actively acting against you. I'm going to give an analogy or uh, I guess a comparison with Rittenhouse. Let's say for those of you who, who hike, you'll appreciate it. But one of the things we learned in Boy Scouts is that when you are out camping or hiking in certain areas where there are bears, you do not have your food kept in your tent. After you're done eating your meal for the day, you put it all in a bag, you tie it up with a rope, and you hang it from a tree where the bear can't access it. Because if you keep the food in your tent, the bear's gonna come into the tent for the food and either maul or devour you. Your physical safety is incumbent on you putting that food in a bag up in a tree. This is not a discussion about rights. This is not a discussion about morality. This is a discussion about discretion and prudence. Now let's imagine there was a kid who he did not put his food in a bag. He kept it in his tent. A bear came into his tent at night, attacked him, and he killed the bear. It's like, yes, it's cool that a young, a 17 year old shot and killed a bear or killed it with a knife, whatever you want to say. You know, he reacted cool under pressure. He shot the bear, he didn't freak out. And he's got that bear that he can have stuffed and mounted on his mantelpiece, right? I would never turn to my son and say, I want you to be like that. I would say he would, didn't have to shoot him, that bear, if he had put his food up in a bag and hung it from a tree. And yes, he shot the bear. That bear could have also killed him. 
Was it worth the risk to have your food in the tent? Put your food in a bag and hang it from a tree. Don't put it in your tent and you won't have to worry about this stuff. I think the issue with youth is they're idealistic and they believe that people actually care about stuff that they don't care about. They think that when people talk about certain principles, ideals, and values that they're being serious. But this is a case where people just need, if when it involves life and death or you having to take a life or have your life taken, it better be for a good cause. And I just don't think that the cause that he went there for was would have justified it for me knowing what I know at this age. You do this when you have to, not when you can. Because then when you end up having the entire apparatus of the deep state and all the evil villainous scum in this country come after you, you can just say, I had to do this. You don't have any regrets. And you did it in full knowledge of that it was going to happen. And I think that that's another reason why you tell your sons this stuff. Because then if your son decides that he wants to do this, he knows what he's getting himself into. And maybe he doesn't even understand on an emotional level, but I, do you think at some point Kyle is... I guarantee you Kyle Rittenhouse is going to spend much of his life wondering what his life would have been like if he hadn't gone. And that is not something I can say this with a little bit of um, confidence. That is something that will he'll never, it will be a struggle for his entire life is avoiding that what if question. What if I had stayed home? Would, any, would the, the people who love me now or hate me now even care? You know, maybe he's become a symbol. And this is another thing I forgot to mention this. He's become a, you become a symbol of things you may not necessarily want to be a symbol of. Because then people project their ideals onto you and they don't see a human being. They see someone who has to fit everything that they idealize. And when you don't fit that ideal... They deny your humanity. Some people are, are capable of handling that. I, I'm assuming Kyle is not because not against him. Very few people, if any, could survive what he's dealt with and come out emboldened rather than just devastated. Because all these things are happening around you that you have no control over and you don't fully understand what you've done. This is where people really need to think about, 
this is a critical adult life skill. Thinking about the potential consequences and ramifications of your behavior. If there's a, this is why I tell people don't go to protests, don't go to rallies. You have no idea what's going to happen there. You know, how many people who went to the DC rally on January 6th thought that that was going to happen? I gotta be frank, guys, I was not surprised by the reaction. I've seen this stuff before in a micro level. Like, don't give these these people are on the hunt for individuals to destroy. Don't stick your head up and wave around and say, "Here I am." Do I think Kyle Rittenhouse was capable of making that decision at his age? No. Which is why I'm not. Bl this is not blaming him. I'm not saying that he did anything wrong. I'm saying this is the moral of the story. One of the morals of the story is this is what it will cost you to exercise certain rights. If you want to exercise them, then you have the ability to do so, but know what it will cost you. Because if you are not prepared for that, you're going to be overwhelmed and overcome with it. So on that note, <clears throat> this is, uh, I think that this is where we want to end the podcast. You guys can go to tjmartinell.com, soundcloud.com slash tjmartinell. I'm moving my podcast as, at the end of this year. I'm not going to continue with SoundCloud. I'm going to be doing just pu publishing my podcast on my website. So you'll want to go to tjmartinell.com and, and, you know, figure it out. You're smart people. So I didn't mention it is <clears throat> November 22nd, 2021. Another 15 days to flatten the curve and two AC, two years after COVID. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Mountain Pass Podcast. This is your host, TJ Martinell, coming to you as usual from my Fortress Americana in the heart of Cascadia, signing off. <laughs>